right to your hosts of Down the Garden Path, Joanne Shaw and Matthew Dressing. Garden Path, where we discuss down-to-earth tips and advice while doing our best to help you seasonally manage your garden and landscape. I'm Joanne Shaw, owner of Down-to-Earth Landscape Design, and with me across Zoom is my co-host, Matthew Dressing. Hello, Matthew. Hello, Joanne, from way over here across Zoom, and good evening, everyone, and thank you for joining us. I'm Matthew Dressing, owner of Natural Affinity Garden Design. As landscape designers and gardeners, we believe it's important and possible to have great gardens, which are sustainable and low maintenance, and we want to help you make it happen. That's right. And tonight, we are excited. We are joined by Guy Rucola and his nursery, his talk all about his nursery, Blue Star Nursery, located in Windsor, Ontario. Um, if you have a question for Guy or about why things happen in garden centers the way they do, we would love for you to join the conversation. Send us your questions to instudio101 at gmail.com. So welcome to the show, Guy. Hi, Joanne. Hi, Matthew. Good to see you. How are you? Good to see you, too. And your lovely wife is with you. Yeah. Hi, how are you? I'm Carmen. Hi, Carmen. Hi, welcome Carmen. to the show. Thank you. So why don't we start off and you just give us a little bit. There's so much to talk about because Matt and I are both come. We've also been also worked with uh, the independent garden centers. So we know the business a little bit, but we'd love to hear from you. And especially these pre, uh, pre COVID during COVID uh, days. Um, but why don't you start off by telling us a bit about your uh, how you came to own Blue Star Nursery? Yeah, well, it all started uh, in 1978 when my dad started as basically as a hobby. Um, he was out looking for pears at the time and came across his property. He heard, heard a couple of people talking about real estate. And the next thing you know, he went home and told my mom, I think we're going to buy like a farm. So oh. <laughs> yeah, four, four acres here. And from pears, we ended up with a nursery. But yeah, he started to develop the land and and the little hobby became bigger and bigger. And then uh, I started it after he passed in 1989, after I graduated from the University of Windsor uh, in business and economics. And uh, so, you know, it from what I went to school, it didn't matter if it was widgets or plants. I was always helping my dad, along with my brother, Louie, helping him uh, basically with the... Uh, weeding and stuff like that back in the day and so yeah we developed from a little place like that and uh now we are what we are today but back then it was basically we were growing emerald cedars black cedars boxwood sand cherries and uh everything was all good and then the deer started to move in mm -hmm. and we noticed waking up in the morning like wh what happened with these sand cherries the leaves are all missing so eventually after he passed, we ended up putting a fence all around the property, a deer fence. Well, the deer fence was like six foot eight. But <laughs> Rudolph and the gang, six foot eight is nothing, right? So they're, now we have a fence that's eight foot. Yeah. And they'll still jump over and, and enjoy. So like a lot of the growing we stopped doing just mm -hmm. because they kept munching all our profits. So now it's uh, basically where we do some container growing. And then we bring in some other stuff from wholesalers and turn it around. All right. So, yeah, so you really had to pivot. Well, yeah, we pivot and sort of thought uh, there's got to be a better way than having the deer munch in our product, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, going, like I said, it doesn't matter if it's a widget or a plant or a car. You know, you have to be able to, to do what you do and do it well. So mm -hmm. we ended up, you know, after so many years, you figure out who you can get the best ornamental grasses from who you can get bet the get the best shrubbery so you know as you you hit and miss some years but uh we got it down pretty good so we find the best suppliers we can for our needs okay and you sell perennials trees and shrubs right yeah what we basically do is uh we have perennials ornamental grasses trees shrubs evergreens topiaries uh japanese maples vines roses 
The only thing we really don't get into it is uh, bedding plants. We leave that to basically the big chains and mm. and the uh, and the uh, for like the fresh goes of the world or <laughs> I think you guys have Loblaws in your area. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, it's you know the chain stores basically do the trick on those. So yeah, we yeah. we can you know concentrate on on what we can and and that's how it's worked over the years. Okay. Um, so, and you said you grow some, so you grow some of your own, um, like containers, so maybe some of the perennials and things. Yeah. Yeah. The perennials and ornamental grasses, you know, we bring them in as plugs and, uh, we okay. grow them on and eventually into one and two gallon containers. Okay. Yeah. So you have much have land for like the hoop houses and things. Yeah. We, yeah, we have four hoop houses that, uh, they're all cold storage. So, you know, uh, eventually uh, in a couple of weeks, they'll get pruned down. And they go dormant for the winter time once we put them away as we put the the poly over the greenhouses for the winter. Oh, okay. Excellent. Very nice. Um, so what what does just for our listeners maybe um what does each season at Blue Star look like? So can you give us a quick like a year at a glance kind of thing? What are the yeah, activities we go through? It's basically basically like going to a rock concert. It's <laughs> it's 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 having uh a setup, you have your show, and then you have your teardown. Mm-hmm. So basically in April, the new product starts to come in. We if you come by here in the wintertime, all you're gonna see is black landscape fabric all over the place. Everything is put away into the cold storage. Only the trees are gathered together and there's straw put around them. So basically we're insulating them because the, the difference between the trees we still have are containers. So you don't want them you know, above ground. They're going to freeze dry the roots. So you want them to, to have their hardiness that way. But everything else that's in the uh, cold storage is fine. Once the trucks start to come, then the action starts. You know, we're unloading trucks, we're setting up displays, we're setting up uh, in the cold storage that we use for, for retail purposes. All the, uh, all the racks are put up and everything's cleaned out. The, the plants, like for example, in, uh, by, by the first, of no, first week of November, we start to prune whatever uh, stock is left. We start to prune all that, we weed it, we fertilize it with triple coat, uh, triple four, uh, Nutricoat triple 14, which is a slow release fertilizer. Now it's not going to release in the winter time. It's all temperature driven. Mm. So once it gets put away, it's not going to release till next April once the temperature starts to rise. So all, all the nursery stock that's left over, you know, in, in the fall is all nicely put away, inventoried, and then we, it comes back out in April with the new stock that arrives. But as a new stock arrives, you start to put it all out and then all the signs come out and, and uh, yeah, it takes a while. It's the tear. Uh, actually, the setup is a lot longer than the teardown just because there's, you know, I would say maybe of the stock in, in the in the springtime, there's probably only about a quarter left now, you know, as you continue to order mm-hmm. through the season. But in the springtime, it's uh, there's, you know, tr- one truck after another. It gets to be overwhelming. Right. So. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's uh, it's a tedious uh, operation, but it's uh, I'm sure every garden center does the same thing. It's always that time of year when when April comes around. It's uh, like when uh, the bears wake up from the hibernation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you gotta get going. Yeah, you get hit the ground running. That's right. So but, yeah, here- it's uh, it's fun. It is fun. I think Joanne and I have both enjoyed working at the garden center in the past. Um, I know I have. What about um, uh, like the average last frost date down in Windsor? Up here, we usually say it's around the May 2-4 weekend to be safe. Is it the same or is it a little earlier because of the lake? Yeah, or? no, the the last frost down here, yeah. is Well, that's what we, you know, we're growing up in Ontario, we've always the May 2-4 yeah. thing, right? You know, but yeah, it's so unpredictable with the climate change the last... Uh, uh, four or five years ago, I remember it snowing like you had snowflakes on the May two four weekend. Yeah, because there, you you still have the 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 customers who think uh, you know after the long weekend in May is it still safe to plant? Did we miss the did we miss the growing season for this year? 
it's only May. You you have until <laughs> yeah. like, like uh, October. Even like today, you know, they're always asking you. Uh, the customer's always asking, like, is it still safe to to yeah. put grass seed down? Right. Yeah. Well, yes and no. It, it's gonna. It's if it doesn't germinate now, it, it all depends on the next couple of weeks because it's gonna mm-hmm. take two to you know ten to to twenty days to germinate, depending on how much Kentucky Blue is in your mix. But yeah, it it takes a while, and if it doesn't germinate now. Uh, hopefully the birds are, or the wind hasn't brought it to your neighbor's house for next spring, but it'll germinate in the spring. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a, it's a hit and miss that way, but yeah, it's uh, every year, the May 2-4, it's, I think that's more or less maybe for, uh, you know, customers who are into buying baskets, hanging baskets and, and bedding plants. Does mm-hmm. it matter if a spirea gets frost? No. No. So does it matter if a, a hydrangea actually a little bit more just because they're more delicate, right? They're more tender. But yeah, yeah the majority of like the stuff we carry, it, it's more or less we protect them with frost blankets just so they look nice for customers as opposed to they get the frostbite and then they come and say, why does the plant look like this in May? Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's yeah. not good for sales, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That is... um, oh, we're going to say something. I was just going to say um, about plants and the perennial plant material that you sell. Do you warranty your plants at your garden yeah, center? Yeah, there's uh, there's different uh, different warranties that that uh, garden centers do down here. Some still do the the one year kind of thing, and then if it's on sale, there's no warranty and whatever, like clearance sales now, right? Like yeah. right now, we have twenty to fifty percent off all remaining plant material in stock. And then, you know, we've went to the way where there's two or three other garden centers in Windsor too, where we're warrantying now till November 1st. And why, why is that? It's a couple factors have driven us down that route. Climate change is probably the most concerning for us. It, back in the day, I remember, you know, being 57 years old, we always used to say that the, the first snow that fell in October or, or actually in November would be the last snow to melt in April mm. because your snowpack would just have layer on top of layer. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, we, we get the, the freezing and thawing and freezing and thawing and, and all winter it happens. You, you'll get six, eight inches of snow. And then two weeks, uh, you know, two, three days later, it's gone. Yeah. So for that reason, plants themselves don't even know when to shut down, when to start to say, well, it's time for me to wake up again. So, you know, for that reason, we opted to go to the November 1st thing. And also, I find people are taking more care of their plants when, when it's something like that, as opposed to, you know, they're, they're always, they're always uh, you know, they'll come and say, um, well, it, it, the plant is not looking that well. well of course, it, it, a plant, it's not like us, in the summertime, when it's 85 degrees or 95 degrees in the scorching heat, mm-hmm. you're like, you'd like to take a little iced tea and, uh, you know, a little drink. Well, that poor little guy is sitting scorching on lava rock, you know, <laughs> yeah. in the full sun and not a drop of water to be seen. And, you know, and that's why he starts to curl up. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I find people now are, are more in tune with the, uh, especially the last couple of years where they've had more time to stay home and actually look and enjoy their garden. There's a lot mm-hmm. of, there's a lot of new people that we haven't seen come and, you know, are very inquisitive uh, about, Oh, I, I've never done this before. Mm-hmm. That, that's great. The, yeah. You know, COVID uh, COVID has brought a lot of new gardeners into garden centers all over yeah. mm-hmm. uh, the garden center industry in general as you know, it's sort of bad to say, or, you know, not bad to say, but ironic to say, like COVID has helped the garden centers because people that, you know, would spend their money on going on vacation and travel have now made their own little oasis getaway in their backyard. And I think, you know, continuing on, I don't think you're going to spend that much money and then just let it go, you know, to heck in, uh, you know, in two years, you're going to keep an eye on it and maintain it. And, uh, and add to it. And I, you know, I really think that that's the way the garden center business is going, that people are going to, you know, the, the new little hobby is going to be actually here to stay. Mm-hmm. And that's what, you know, the, the, the trends seem to see 
what's going yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, the same with the landscape design and landscape install business, like it's all connected, right? And same, like people couldn't travel. And and I think it's been a, a shocking having everybody stuck at home has made everybody realize that they weren't really taking care of their home, you know? And so all of a sudden they looked around and went, oh my gosh, like I need a backyard and I need a front yard and I need, you know, and you're right. They did, if they installed, you know, a new patio or new walkways and stuff, and invested in garden space, then yeah, I think it's going to make them really, um, I think they've gotten joy and, you know, um, their money's worth out of it when they see the, the end result. And then and now it's going to make them pay more attention in the future. So I think, I think For that's sure. a I big think, one. I think it's, it's, you know, in the beginning, we thought this was just like, uh, like, oh, something new, something of a hobby. But actually, now I think we we've, uh, you know, come into the the sense where these people have actually become gardeners mm-hmm. and, yeah. and, you know, and the, the pandemic has brought that on and, yeah. and long-term gardeners, not, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, year or two, and then uh, let's, let's go, let's try something else. Right. Yeah. But yeah, yeah sure. it's, uh, it's been very challenging in that way, you know, to find uh, where things are going and, and if it's going to be long-term or not. Right. Mm-hmm. So I guess we'll have to see, but yeah, uh, yeah that's, uh, that, that's what we think. Yeah. Now you mentioned you did, you don't do bedding plants like annuals. Do you, I forgot to ask about um, herbs and vegetables. Do you do that? No, we, uh, we used to do vegetables, but herbs, very, uh, very few, you know, just the okay. basil, rosemary, the kind of herbs that, uh, you know, the run of the milk, let's say yeah. kind of herbs, the, the basics. But yeah, okay. no, and getting into, you know, heavy duty, you know, no, we, what, what I did notice though, or what we have noticed is uh, like people getting into a lot more fruit trees and uh, small fruits. Yeah. You know, the, like, like I said, the new gardener, the, the COVID gardener, uh, let's call them have, <laughs> you know, have a craze now for blueberries, strawberries, raspberries, any of the small fruits, let alone fruit trees. A lot of people. With, with all the chemicals and you know people being scared of this and that they're, they're growing their own let's say crops in their backyard mm-hmm. and uh you know for that reason now we've started to bring in some specialty trees fruit trees and and which uh like one of them is called the fruit tree salad you know and uh yep. yeah that that has apples pears cherries and plums on the same tree I know it, that is just incredible. Matt's mentioned oh, this awesome. before. I mean, I, I think it was called <laughs> yeah. fruit. Co- you called it fruit cocktail, Matt. I think. Yeah, yeah fruit and, cocktail. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you know, and, it is. Uh, it just is. It's incredible, right? But when you think of science, like it makes sense that they can do it. They can. They can do all the other things in science, right? But uh, yeah, well, that's yeah, like, cool. You, you know, years for years we've carried like you know a four in one cherry, mm-hmm. a four in one uh, pear, apples, plums. But now when you're actually talking about four different varieties of four different fruits, that, that's amazing that, you know, some horticulturalists are getting to, you know, graft all these things together and making them viable because for every, I'm sure for every, uh, there's got to be a percentage of, you know, no-shows, right? Mm-hmm. That, uh, you yeah. know, for every hundred, maybe 40, 50% make it and, you know, it's, you try again. Yeah. For that reason, a lot of people, well, how come they're so expensive? Because they've taken so long for these plants to come to market. Yeah. I always tell people, you know, it's not like a refrigerator where you can just order some more steel and get some more screws. And next week we'll have another 50 of those in the back. Yeah. An emerald cedars takes X amount of years to get to be six feet tall. It's just, we can't, you know, turn around and throw the Jack and the Beanstalk bean in and and yeah. we're good to go. Yeah, yeah, you know, for sure. I, I Although I will like say that. I just I just waited 11 months for my new fridge, but aside from that. <laughs> <laughs> but aside from that, uh, yeah, we didn't have to grow it from scratch. But Only I can remember months? when yeah, when I started designing um 20 years ago and I'd go to people's you know, they let's say they bought a new house and it came with a fruit tree, they wanted it out. Like, I don't want the mess, I don't want the hassle, I want the fruit tree out. Like I was forever like replacing fruit trees. And the last two years, it's been like, oh my gosh, you know, how many fruit trees can we fit back here? So it's like, yeah, it's complete. I totally agree. I see it 
I mean, same with vegetables. I know you don't sell vegetables, but also a huge growing their own food. I I don't see that trend stopping anytime soon. So from the berries right through to the vegetables, to the fruit trees. Everyone wants to, to have their, their own hands into the meals that they're making and the food that they're eating. I think they're dissatisfied with, uh, with so many years of being lied to by, by, you know, producers and, you know, people, everyone is scared of all the chemicals that are being used and, you know, no one can blame that. That's, that's an industry. That's a, that's a whole nother argument there, but yeah. Uh, for sure. Yeah. So, you know, if, if you grew it, it's gotta be good. That's the, mm-hmm. the, 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 the hearsay that everyone says, right. Yeah. But, yeah. For um, sure. Yeah. It's uh you know, like, like you said, I think it's that that's a growing, a growing uh, industry that uh, that people are going to try to grow their own stuff. If they can if they can produce it, it it's trial and error. Sometimes, you know, there'll mm-hmm. be a fungus on on their apples or something. And and, you know, but of, of every 50 apples, if they can eat 10 or 20, that's all great. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Very cool. What are some of the other um, new or hot trends that you're finding uh, your clients asking for? Are you well, like even for uh, next year that you're planning? Yeah, like like you know, I was looking at some of the some of the new plants for next year, and there there's uh, a couple hydrangeas that uh, that really caught my eye. One of them is called the uh, Firelight Tidbit Hydrangea. Th- this one here is a great new dwarf. Its flowers change color from white to shades of pink. And the stems on this little dwarf hydrangea are very strong. A lot of times you'll see hydrangeas, especially paniculatas, which will have the larger balls, right? Uh, the larger ball flower. And when it has that big ball, it tends to droop down. Now, this little guy, he has thicker stems. So what happens here is you have a plant that's only two by two. And it has a nice cluster of flowers that are always, you know, upright. Uh, another one that's been around now for a year or two is uh, Summer Crush Hydrangea. It's one of the ones in the Endless Summer series. And that one has like a intense raspberry red flowers. It's very compact. But the nice thing about that hydrangea being in the Endless Summer series, it's a repeat, a repeat sorry, bloomer. And also it flowers on old wood or new wood. Okay. So you'll have the customers who will say, well, do I prune this back in the fall or do, or do yeah. I leave it? There is no right or wrong with this one. It doesn't okay. matter if you prune it. Great. If you don't prune it, great. You'll always have the flowers the next year. Okay. And, uh, you know, and that's, and you could also manipulate, that's another one you can sort of manipulate with aluminum sulfate, just as you do with the other ones where you can go from like, uh, let's say the endless summer, you can, you can have it being pink and then adding aluminum sulfate and you'll make it blue the next, uh, you know, in the next couple of months. Uh, another one that we've, we had this year for the first uh, year was uh, a Duravilla. It's uh, that one there is called the Firelight Night. It's a, it's a bush honeysuckle. And the nice thing about that one, it has like a reddish purple leaves and the flowers are yellow in June and July. And that yellow contrasting off the reddish purple leaf is great. Mm. It's a really nice effect and not too many plants have yellow flowers and then having yellow flowers on purple foilage, yeah. you hardly see that. You'll yeah. always see that on a, on a green foilage. And the nice yeah. thing about that, it's, uh, it's a native shrub and also it's a great pollinator plant. So if you like to attract butterflies and honeybees to your yard, fantastic plant. And it's and low light as well, right? Pardon me? Low light. Yeah, it's low light. And yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's not a, it can be partial shade to uh, full shade. And that, that's a great, uh, you know, uh, feature for people who are want to put it underneath some shade trees or, yeah. you know, have a shady garden, uh, probably on the, either north side of their house or the east side where they're only going to get sun very early in the morning up until one o'clock. Another favorite that we found that has made a comeback that, that people love is the Brandywine maple, uh, Acer rubrum, which is a red maple. The nice thing about this maple, which a lot of people have, 
have always frowned, even though we live in Canada, they've always frowned upon their maples being gl uh, gutter gl clutters where all the keys end up in your gutter and the water ends up in your house. This variety is a seedless male variety. So there's the no, you don't get the winged seeds flying and, and, wow. and uh, clogging up your gutters. The nice thing being a rubrum, which is a red maple, is you'll get that uh, green foliage turning, turning to a, a blazy orange and then finally scarlet to purple in the fall. Like okay. They're just finished uh, starting to drop their leaves now. But it's uh, if you want a low maintenance tree, a maple, it'll get to be about 30 to 35 feet tall. So it's not uh, like an autumn blaze kind of thing where it gets to be 50 feet. But uh, it's a great tree for the front yard on properties that are not huge. But yeah, those are, you know, three or four uh, examples of, of things that are coming up uh, on the docket for next year. Excellent. Excellent. And Matt, do we have some questions for our listeners? Uh, we did have one question open. Oh, I just kind of switched it there. Um, we had Dan has written in uh, saying hello and wondering how, Guy, did you come up with the name or did the name come up uh, for Blue Star uh, Nursery? Huh. Thanks for Dan. We used to, uh, at one time, we used to grow Blue Star Junipers. So, yep. yeah, me and my brother thought, uh, well, like I said, early on when my dad started the the business, we were called Malden Road Nursery, the street we're on. So once he passed, we sort of thought we have to, you know, and, and our colors were white and green, which is very, you know, horticultural. Kind yeah. of thing. <laughs> so we thought, you know, every other truck out there is white and green. And so we thought. Well, if you <laughs> let's go with Blue Star Nursery because of the blue stars, we got rid of the, the green. So now we all have blue shirts all the time and blue hats, but we our blue is mixed in with yellow. So if you yellow and blue, what if you mix them together, what do you get? You get green. green. Yeah. So it's a subliminal, subliminal play on the green by having our colors being blue and yellow. But yeah, it was uh, it was because of the shrub, uh, the blue star juniper, which we sell in a shrub form, and also it's grafted into a little tree standard. And uh, yeah, that's where blue star nursery came from. Oh, that's great! And we also have another listener, Scott. He said that he just went to your website, and he said it's very impressive. So oh, there thank you, go. you Scott. <laughs> thank you. There you go. I think that's a great thing because anybody who's ever been a guest or like been a customer at a nursery and accidentally wore a green shirt or a green jacket, you know, like someone stopped you to ask you a question, yeah. right? Yeah. How much are those sand cherries? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you're like, I'm so, I don't know how many times I'm, I'm sorry. Sorry, I don't, I don't work, work here. here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With the, with the Royal blue shirts, uh, they stand out. That's right. That's right. So so we've reached the bottom of the hour. Um, I'm going to jump right in and do my thing and just say thank you to everybody uh, for joining us here live on Reality Radio 101. I'm Matthew Dressing here with my co-host, the wonderful Joanne Shaw, and you're listening to Down the Garden Path. Joanne and I enjoy hosting Down the Garden Path each week, bringing you interesting and irrelevant topics to help you achieve a great garden. We learn right along with you from our research and from the wonderful guests like Guy and Carmen from Blue Star Nursery who join us here on the show. Don't forget you can spend more time with us down the garden path. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Our handle there is at down the garden path podcast and you can find us on your favorite podcast provider. And while you're there, please hit that subscribe button to be notified of new content. And please don't forget to like, share and leave us a comment. We always love hearing from you. Uh, you can also write us here when we're off the air at In Studio 101. You can also send our wonderful guests this evening some questions again at instudio101 at gmail.com. And you can find us offline as well. You can find Joanne at www.downthenumber2earth.ca and myself at www.naturalaffinity.com. Dot .ca and uh, just as Scott was mentioning how wonderful 
Blue Star Nurseries website is. You can find them at www.bluestarnursery.com. And don't forget uh, to check out their wonderful Instagram page. Very yeah. active, beautifully curated curated uh and their handle there is at blue star nursery so you can follow the journey throughout their garden center and follow all these wonderful plants that uh, guy was just sharing with us mm-hmm. and lots of gardening tips too i noticed that on your yes. instagram you've been sharing some gardening tips so we all need some gardening tips right there's always something to learn so uh so that's a great uh great service i think that you offer there so excellent oh, so thank you very much like yeah, a, a big tip this year. Uh, I know down in this region, um, there was a lot of uh, issues with people with grubs in their lawn. Mm. Uh, we haven't seen it this bad in probably 10 years where everyone was uh, coming in with little shrimpies in containers and asking what's going on. Oh. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, there's a couple different uh, ways of attacking that with products like uh, GrubX which, you know, and uh, we don't really like to use that one as much as uh, beneficial nematodes. Okay. We really endorse something like that just because, you know, you're talking about a live microscopic worm where if when you're buying a package, uh, like we, we uh, sell the ones from NIC, which is a great product just because it's, uh, it's a Canadian strain Mm-hmm. of nematodes as opposed to some of the other ones which are you know strains from the dutch nematodes which are not as uh hardy and and viable in this area so for that reason um we, we like to use those ones there but the the thing is you know with this with this uh microscopic worm they have to customers have to really they're about 80 percent effective in studies they've found which is pretty good the, the only drawback is there's a little bit of maintenance when you lay it down to have success with this. You're going to have to water your lawn for a couple hours before. So your lawn is really saturated. Spray the nematodes on to heavily onto the affected areas. And then also, if you have any left, spray the rest of your lawn as well. Now, the trick to having a success with this is for the next three or four days, make sure you get a couple hours of water into the ground so the nematodes go far enough deep into the soil that they're actually going to be able to feed on the grubs. People that don't have success are the ones that spray <laughs> and good luck. Yeah. yeah. The nematodes aren't going to do any work on the, the blades of the grass and especially when you're going to mow your lawn tomorrow. Yeah. So, <laughs> People with, with success, they swear by this product. Just yeah. as, as uh, we also carry another organic product too, uh, uh, garlic barrier, like mosquito barrier. That is a great product for people that have mosquitoes in their backyard. It is 99.9% California garlic juice concentrated. This wow. product, I remember <laughs> one, one customer uh, introduced me to this about 20 years ago. He went to Florida, and it's actually also great as uh, over there, they, they actually call it insect barrier. But for whatever reason in Canada, they can't use that word insect and, okay. and, and you know, for, I don't know, registration, yeah, whatever money of trying to certify it. As soon as you say something about insects, they think it's an insecticide. And right. it's not. It's garlic juice. Yeah. You can make, you know... You can make your uh, pesto with this. Uh, I'm <laughs> <laughs> so it does no, double but... duty. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone comes in and says, well, "What are you guys cooking in here?" <laughs> Meanwhile, it's just the garlic releasing, right? But yeah, once you spray, mix it with water. You know, all the instructions are there. Mix it with water. You let, let's say you're having a, a guest over tonight for dinner. You spray it around three o'clock in the afternoon into the grassy area in your backyard. And some plants too. Even plants, like even if it gets on, it won't stain just because it's just garlic juice. Okay. And the reduction of mosquitoes is phenomenal. Wow. Matt, do we have that here in Durham? Yeah, I'm sure you do. Yeah, I haven't seen um, mosquito barrier, but I've seen mosquito less. Um, 
hyphen lesson. It's that kind of that basic, it's that whole garlic idea again that you're spraying it, it creates that barrier. Yeah, Matt, okay. but the secret here is it has to be California garlic. Oh, okay. So what is it about like the California garlic versus it has it has more oil than let's say, you know, it, well, have you ever went to the grocery store and, and I'm I'm a foodie kind of guy. Being Italian, I'm a foodie kind of guy. So when you go to the grocery store and you'll see a head of garlic for a dollar eighty, and then you'll see a four or five pack from China for sixty nine cents. Yeah. There's a big difference right. there. One mm -hmm. is full of oil, and that oil is the California one, or even the ones from Spain. You you could tell all the ones are more expensive, but you know the, the, if when you're buying the the four pack for sixty nine cents, if you use a little garlic press, you'll hardly get a drop of oil <laughs> coming yeah. out of it. But try yeah. a California uh, garlic head or one from Spain, and it's it's liquid everywhere, and for that reason. It's more concentrated. Okay. Okay. So, so it's, it's called a, it's garlic barrier. Is that what it's called? The product? Mosqui it's called mosquito barrier. Or mosquito barrier. Mosquito barrier. barrier. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm looking for that. It's a great product. We've yeah. carried that for about uh, five or six years. And yeah, that's a really? great product. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. And, and that comes great. in a, that comes in a, a one liter concentrate, a one liter uh, already mixed with a, a little spray nozzle, or you can get a one-gallon concentrate. Okay, that's good to nice. know. We'll definitely put that in the show notes for sure. Yeah, that's even used like in the greenhouses when there's we put the netting on for the sixty percent shade in the summertime, because mm -hmm. a lot of mosquitoes will end up in there and then you know all yeah. over the customers. So yeah, you can spray your plants; it has no effect on them at all. And a, a side benefit of that is. It's actually great deterrent for Japanese beetles. Okay, I was going to ask you. So, if you've had an issue if, in your area, I've had issues with grubs, and you definitely have issues also with Japanese beetles. And it's amazing, mm -hmm. isn't it, that people that don't know this that they're the same thing? Yeah, there's but... a tie. They, they they think yeah, it's yeah. oh really? It's this copper little bug that yeah, that's one yeah, of them. That's, that's right. But yeah. the garlic works, eh? Yeah, it's a it's a deterrent. Now the thing is. Like I said, after an hour you spray it, humans themselves, we cannot smell the garlic on the plant. But insects, like mosquitoes and beetles in this case, they, they their sense of uh, of smell is 100 times more than ours. So they mm. can still smell that, you know, California garlic odor. And that's, uh, that's the beauty of it. And, huh. and that will last until a major rainstorm, and then you're going to have to reapply it, obviously. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But yeah, these days with climate product. change, we're not getting that much rain. So yeah. some of that, some of that <laughs> yeah. stuff, right? It, yeah, you know, every year it's feast or famine, right? It's mm, yeah. uh, like, a, for example, this year, for over a month, you didn't see a drop of rain. And mm -hmm. then for two weeks, it doesn't stop raining. Yeah. yeah, it's, you know, it goes from one extreme to the other. And, yeah. you know, and, and we've seen that in, uh, you know, just the ever-changing, unpredictable climate uh, that we've had in the last, well, let's say 10 years. You know, you got the more heat, hot summers. So now even, you know, the, the variety of plants that you have to bring in have to be more drought tolerant, you know, have to have more tolerant to extreme heat. And then vice versa also where they have to be able to handle, you know, the colder winter that we get yeah. when we get the polar vortex that mm -hmm. every year has now come up. That's the new term in the last three or four years. The polar vortex is in the forecast. So look out. So yeah. you know, that's okay because we go inside and stay warm around the fireplace. But your poor little, you know, yeah. Japanese maple is in your front yard fending for itself, not be able to get a coat. So yeah, that that is another you know uh, changing environment that we have to deal with, and you know, uh, like try to educate people and say, well, sometimes if you're in an area, you're gonna have to burlap this plant to try to save it. Well, mm -hmm. I've planted this the last three or four years, but yeah, well, you know, things change, and and try mm -hmm. to protect it, especially if you live near water or you know an mm -hmm. open area. In yeah. a subdivision where you have the six-foot fence between you and your neighbor, it's not really a big issue. 
but you know, in open areas, it is, and you have to protect your plants, mm-hmm. you know, and even like, uh, the, the last year or so it, you, you'll have people saying, well, I don't know what's going on because my sprinklers are, are, you know, on every night. You, well, that's great. You know, your sprinklers are on for your grass, but for that hydrangea standard, <laughs> which you buy in a seven or 10 gallon pot, you know, the, the feeding roots are a foot down and that little 20 minutes, little split of, you know, rain that it's getting from your little rainbird sprinkler system is not doing anything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, you got to educate them on that saying, well, a sprinkler system is more for your lawn. Yeah. You have yes. to monitor, you know, and then, well, I have a, I have a awning over well that's even worse <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah you know, or I planted it close to the house underneath the soffits yeah close to the house. where it doesn't get any rain yeah yeah on the south side <laughs> in lava rock yeah you know yeah. and i always tell people take off your socks and walk on that <laughs> lava rock at three o'clock in the afternoon and see how you feel how's that yeah. little japanese garden juniper gonna get roasted on the bottom there yeah yeah you know? definitely definitely that's the thing like when when we ask people like almost are you going to be using mulch or stone for your plants and you know the people that are using mulch is great Mm -hmm. it's the most beneficial thing you can do it keeps the plant hydrated you know it keeps the plant cool in the summertime in the wintertime it insulates the plant but when you're using stones it's such an inert you know cold product it'll heat up in the sun and it, it does absolutely nothing for the plants in the wintertime. So, you know, people get a lot more success when they're planting in a natural environment like mulch, which is a, a forest byproduct, as opposed to how many plants really like to grow in stone yeah. other than succulents. Yeah. yeah. You know, when you're putting yeah. a shrub in there or a flowering plant, it's going to, you know, not do as well, especially in conditions where it's on a southern exposure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so we tell the other thing like, about I was thinking about climate change is that it's October 18th and we still technically could be planting right in the past. We, it would be late. And I know Helen has asked about uh, she's question. Uh, she says a generic question. I have some free time now in the fall. Can I still grow anything in my yard regarding shrubs, et cetera? And we still could plant shrubs. Right. Oh, for sure. Helen, you can you can plant shrubs up until the, the ground freezes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the, the way things are looking these days, that don't happen into November. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we always say if you're if you're looking about uh, transplanting, if you have plants in your backyard or whatever, like, you know, wait until the first or second frost and then you're you're safe to move it. That might not happen until the mid-November. But, you know, it's give and take a week here and there. But, yeah, things have definitely I remember, you know, years where it was the first of October and we would start to think, oh, season's almost over. Mm-hmm. You know, now we're still wearing wow. t-shirts and shorts and yeah. you're into, you know, October 18th. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, you know, the, the climate okay. change has definitely changed, you know, the way you, you think about plants. That's for sure. Yeah. Although today was a little chilly. I did put my heater on in my office, but tomorrow's going to be 21. Like my husband's like, should we be turning on the furnace? And I'm like, no, we're, you know, it's going to be warm the next couple of days. So, yeah. So, but, but also the plants, I think people forget that um, whether they go, you know, in the pot, they're going dormant or they're going dormant in your garden. So, you know, really we just want the best place for the plant to go to sleep. And, and really it is for them to go to sleep in people's gardens, right? We want you to buy them at, especially at a discounted rate and get them in the ground and water them until the ground freezes and they're going to sleep for sure. And then they'll wake up, you know, happy. If you can, if you can pick up some plants at your local garden center, it's a great time to do it. You know, you're, you're really saving. And uh, from, from what I see, yeah, you're really going to really save for next spring. Uh, I think mm-hmm. a lot of uh, plants will, you know, uh, unfortunately go up in price just because of the, what COVID has done where so many new gardeners, they, they've basically used up a lot of inventory that growers have had that were not going to be, you know, for sale for a year or two. And now they're having to, like a lot of plants are going to be more expensive and undersized. Mm. 
what yes. they normally would just because they they weren't supposed to be for sale probably till 2023 or yeah. 2024 so they're going to have to you know put them onto the market and you're you know you're going to have smaller japanese maple than you would have normally had and being a little bit more money just because that's the way the market you know it goes but mm-hmm. uh yeah if you can pick up some there's great deals to be had everywhere on you know plants that garden centers are trying to to you know not have to put away for the fall <laughs> put them to bed kind of thing but yeah. the only thing is like you know you have to stop all your fertilizing because you eventually uh, other than a transplant fertilizer you know a uh, middle high number like a 10 52 10 5 15 5 if it's liquid just because you want them to start going dormant and not have them continue to grow because those are not temperature regulated so yeah. Oh, it's a great time. If you can scoop up some deals, all the power yeah. to you. Yeah. I just find they always hit the ground running in spring too, versus because we never know what spring's gonna bring, right? Is it gonna be cold? Is it gonna and wet? Is it gonna be hot and dry? Is it gonna be you know, you right, never know, but, right? Yeah, so I, I always feel tell like... people like that are hesitant, uh uh Joanne, or people that are on the fence, like this is the best time to do it. Mm-hmm. The ground is warm. Even though the the deciduous or our flowering plant will will lose its foliage, the ground is warm. So even though the foliage is gone, the roots will continue to grow until that ground temperature reaches about five degrees Celsius. In the springtime, now the exact opposite has happened. You've had three or four months of you know almost zero temperature. So that ground is cold when you start to dig in April. So, you know, even though it has new buds and new foliage, the ground is cold and therefore the roots are not as viable to spread out as quickly as they would in the fall. And that's a misconception that people have about that. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah, I want you, if you could elaborate on um, how the demand, you know, in the last two years for trees has impacted like next year, like you said, higher prices. I don't think people really realize that, that the, because, you know, there's rumors about things being hard to find and, and really it's been demand, right? Oh yeah. It's, uh, it's pretty scary how last year wasn't really, didn't really affect the garden centers as much as this year, just because it, it took a little while to go through the food chain, let's call it. But yeah, as, as the season went on this year, it was just availabilities were less and less. And the, the main thing was everything started getting smaller and smaller. Mm. You know, you, you'd be bringing in uh, or trying to, to sell a two-gallon plant that you know had just been shifted in from a one-gallon into a two-gallon pot. And that's, that's tough to convince the customer, yeah. you know, to spend $29.99 on this, you know, one plus. Yeah, yeah, one plus. It's now a two-gallon plant. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in that regard, it's been really hard. Uh, even in the, the 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 hard goods in the garden center business, uh, with things like landscape fabrics, most of them are all produced, they used to be produced in the States, they're all produced now in China. To bring in landscape fabric, you, you almost had to do a prayer. Just because, you know, <laughs> you would order X amount of cases and you're lucky if they would even ship you one. Mm. Uh, things like mulches and topsoils that was another challenging oh it's just hard to find bag and then you know the supplier would say well we have the product but we don't have the bags Mm. yeah that did happen yeah yeah Yeah. so like okay so canada red mulch or whatever kind of mulch where are the bags (laughs) obviously they're not being produced in this country yeah so they're on some cargo ship in the suez canal and we're waiting for them yeah so, so yeah it's it, it's you know and and we're all over the salespeople and customers are all over us and and as the salespeople say well we'll get you a truck in by tuesday so when the customers come in and tuesday rolls around someone has egg on their face yeah and it's us yeah. So yeah, it's uh, it has been so challenging like that, and mm-hmm. it, you know to the point where we don't even know what to say anymore. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's just yeah. hard to get product. Yeah, and I think that has exposed. You know, I think people were aware that many products came from 
elsewhere in other industries, but I don't think they realized, and even us, some of us in the industry didn't really realize, like you said, the bag part, right? You know, that, that how, how really it, it did affect us, you know, and how it did uh, things outside of our country, outside of our hemisphere really affected our, our, our chain, you know, and, and uh, of, of uh, supply. So I think that was really, I think people think, oh, everything, because it's for our gardens, it's, it's in nature and it's, it's produced locally. It's all and that, local. And it, yeah. yeah. And so Joanne, unfortunately, so did we, we never mm-hmm. thought, you know, a bag issue <laughs> would stop us from bringing in mulch and stone and, you know, something so uh, tedious and, and simple yeah. can stop, you know, where, where the automotive industry is talking about the microchips, we're talking about plastic yeah. bags, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, <laughs> Not having yeah. the the company's logo on them, and and you can't. The bulk stuff is great. People that have their own vehicle, we have loaders here. We load them up, but unfortunately, a lot of people don't have trucks or trailers or even want to to have you know uh, topsoil or, or mulch dumped in their their driveway yeah. and have to deal with it. Yeah, you know, it, it's such a convenient thing to have bags, but if you can't have the product in the bag. There's no value in it. Wow. So you offer that service. You have bulk, you sell bulk, bulk products at your. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. We, you know, we carry four different kinds of bulk mulches here and then uh, topsoil, number one grade topsoil and composted soil as well. Oh, okay. That's well, that's good. Uh, yeah, something that, uh, and we also deliver that product as well. Okay, good delivery. Um, yeah, you might have to go to like bag your own or something, you know, but then again, you got to find bags, right? Well, yeah, but you know, <laughs> but that's the thing like well, you, you you try to have bags for people just so you don't you know you you don't want people going in the back and bagging your own but you know it's uh that, that's very tedious and for yeah. insurance purposes a lot of people frown upon that yes you know yes, someone can see that. someone cuts their hand with a shovel bagging their topsoil yeah yeah it's, uh yeah but you know i i think so, well right now we you know every two days we have a a tractor trailer coming in with 24 skids at a time of product for next spring. So, you know, we're stocking up. So this way yeah. this happens that no bags show up during the winter. We're set for a little while, oh, but yeah, okay. I, I'm sure every garden center is, is sort of like, we've played this, this little game now for two years where we we've been told one thing and, and we don't get anything. Mm-hmm. So now we're, we're start of uh, stocking up product now. Yeah. So would you say that's been your biggest challenge over the last year and a half with COVID? Yeah, that's, uh, you know, having to logistics has been the biggest thing. Having Mm -hmm. product come in and, uh, you know, on time has been very difficult, Um, you know, and I don't I don't see really that changing until we have to start producing some some of these things back in our own country. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And for the winter, do, are you still open in the winter or do you kind of close down? No, by, by the middle of uh, November, we start to phase it out. And then okay. the middle of March, we, we were back in full swing. So, okay, yeah, so you don't do Christmas couple... and greens and all of that stuff. Yeah. 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 And uh, you know, you, you take a little time to, to uh, reset the batteries and uh, yeah. we go again. Good, good. So you don't do the Christmas stuff. You don't do trees. No, we used to do it. And yeah, Yeah. you know, we we sort of now have totally gotten away from that. Okay. uh, That's good. That's good. Well, it's good that you get to have a bit of a break. But there's always work behind the scenes, right? I'm sure you're going to be ordering product and ordering sourcing trees. All of that stuff. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you're, you're, you're working on your inventories and your pricing and you know, the, the work behind the scene continues on, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's difficult sometimes the, even with, uh, some of the legislation out there where they're, they're trying to, you know, uh, the, a lot of products are getting to be banned, especially in insecticides where, where people, it's frustrating when people come in and, and they're showing you, for example, a euonymus plant that has, you know, scale all over it. And, you know, they, they're saying, well, my plant has dandruff and, <laughs> well, it's not dandruff, it's an insect. And, you know, and, and what are you supposed to sell them? 
you know, back in the day when, you know, there was a lot of uh, insecticides that were frowned upon. And, but you, you know, even things like uh, chelated iron, we were really surprised last year. You know, yes. uh, there was a company, a Canadian company called Plant Pride that made a product called chelated iron. And that, that product was the best thing for people that had uh, problems with magnolias, let's say, that were yellowing. Yes. Or, uh, you know, weeping, weeping caraganus. That, that's a great example. Weeping peas. Mm-hmm. You know, though, just because there are from the legume family, the pea family, they're, they're starving for the nitrogen. They need the iron. So in the summertime, you'd give them a shot of chelated iron and it would green up the plant. Even that product's been taken off, which is just basically ground up iron. It's, wow. you know, where does it stop? Now they're talking about malathion uh, basically being phased out in the next year or two. And I, it, going back, it's frustrating to tell people like, you know, how can, uh, you know, what can I do to help my plant? Bagworms is another big thing. That was a big thing down here. I don't know if it was where you guys are at, you know, in the cedars, right? It's like, oh, my cedars has all these seed pods. Well, yeah, those are in seed pods. You know, they're bagworms. That was another big, uh, big issue this year, along with the grubs. But, you know, it, it's disheartening when we used to offer and just say, oh, no problem. Here it is. This is what you need. It was almost like, you, you know, a, a doctor giving a prescription. Mm. Yeah. You know, they come in, you fill out the prescription. They go home, spray their plant, and it's all good. They come back the next week and say, you know what? You're right. That really helped my plant. And now we can't do that. And that's that's hard. Wow. Yeah, that's interesting about the Chilean iron. That iron. is very interesting. Yeah. We were surprised when we had it on order and they said, well, it's we can't ship it anymore. It's, it's for sale in Quebec and Manitoba, but in Ontario – it's been deregulated. So I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, that one broke my heart too because chelated iron or chelated iron was yeah. such a great, great product, right? Um, it's a f- fantastic product. It's a fantastic product. That one broke my heart to go. And just as you were saying with the uh, Malthion now leaving, I also just read an article maybe two or three weeks ago, um, I guess Monsanto now with all the trouble they've been getting in with the glyphosate yeah Yeah, roundup is no longer going to be available to homeowners shortly they're going to phase that over the next couple of years and remove it from the market yeah i I remember roundup you could buy it in a concentrated form now they're all ready to use because people would put you know a gallon of roundup to two ounces of water and spray spray everything (laughs) you know so now basically we're gonna we're gonna make the concoction for you and this is what you're going to have to do. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Like we say, time just flies, flies by. Um, thank you to everyone who uh, wrote in uh, some questions uh, for Guy and Cameron to ask. Uh, if we were just caught us in the end of the show, we had uh, Guy and uh, Carmen from Blue Star Nursery. Uh, so definitely check this out on your favorite podcast to uh, catch up on all the wonderful information that you uh, gave us this evening. Uh, for those who wrote questions, we will definitely uh, write you back and let you know. Just as uh, we head out, don't forget to check out uh, Guy and Cameron at www.bluestarnursery.com and uh, their wonderful Instagram. Uh, is it Megan, your daughter Megan, who runs your Instagram? Amanda. Amanda, Amanda my apologies, Amanda, if you're listening to the show. Uh, <laughs> a wonderful job. Take, take a look there at Blue Sky Nursery on oh, Instagram. Blue Star. At Blue, Blue Star. Star, sorry. Blue Star, <laughs> wrong. Blue Star. <laughs> a long day, I apologize. Matthew, you've Blue been getting Star into that Malafaya and having Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got my bottle right here. <laughs> Uh, well thank you for the insight too i think that you know we were excited to speak to an independent garden center and just to give us the insight of what it's been like the last two years and we really appreciate that uh that you you've given us all these insights oh our our pleasure it was great talking to joanne great talking to matthew thank you so much for having us on
<laughs> Thank you, Carmen. Thanks, but you were feeding him content. We saw that. You oh, yeah. You were feeding him content. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank you. <laughs>